Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Suzanne. Welcome to The Courage Effect. My guest today is Susan Mann, and she is somebody who I am very fortunate to have in my life as she's been a coach for me. I've done some workshops with her as a facilitator, and she is also a friend. She's a remarkable woman, and I am thrilled that she is joining us. Um, Our initial work was her as my coach, and it was during the time that I was actually getting my coaching certification. And I call my coaching certification my excavation because it really was a time for me to go very deep and to really investigate my patterns and what was potentially holding me back. And she was a key person in helping me, you know, she held up a mirror and she also allowed me to see what was possible. So I'm I'm confident that our time together, she'll be able to share some of those amazing insights with you as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Susan. Susan Mann has 30 years of executive experience in banking, higher education, and philanthropy. In this chapter of her career, Susan is a leadership coach, workshop facilitator, and consultant to global companies and nonprofit organizations. Susan was an early adopter of the courage-building work of Dr. Brene Brown, becoming a certified facilitator in 2012. From traveling across seven continents in search of rare birds to supporting people to lead and live in accord with their purpose and values, Susan embraces the world around her. Its beauty, the connections that result from vulnerability and courage, and the opportunities that only present themselves when you show up ready to be amazed. Susan, so wonderful to have you here. Welcome to The Courage Effect. Thank you. I am delighted to be here. And I love thinking back over the evolution of our relationship. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool how you meet someone and you're working together and things expand and sometimes friendships develop. And yeah, so it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you've been such an inspiration to me. And I know that we're going to be spreading that inspiration to more people today as well. And I know the topic that we're going to be talking about today is magic and mayhem, which you said, you know, finding our way in a beautiful and turbulent world. Right. I think all of us can relate to this probably more than we would like to admit right now. (laughs) Right. How do you want to kick this off? Yeah, well, um, I would just sort of underscore that, you know, when you put the invitation out to join you, and and of course, I was like, any chance to be in conversation with you, I'm I'm happy to do that. And and then my wheels were turning, like, well, what do I want to talk about? What's a worthy subject, you know? And so this idea, as I noodled on it, this idea of magic and mayhem came to me and kept coming back and coming back, and I was collecting all of these, you know, journal articles and pieces I was reading and seeing online. And I think for me and for so many of us, the idea of how can we navigate the macro, the big picture challenges that the world and the U.S. face today and also those daily challenges, how do we do that? and stay grounded, uh, be effective, <laughs> you know, in life and work, uh, and find joy along the way so that it's not just uh, kind of feeling overwhelmed and 
experiencing drudgery. So magic and mayhem, both important. So beautifully captured. And I love, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like your intro, right? Like preparing to be amazed. And that's one of the things that I know both of us have, have dealt with a lot in our personal lives in addition to the larger world these past few years. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to show up as how you wanna be showing up when you're personally dealing with a lot of, of pain and turmoil. It can be, yeah. And that's what's real. Yeah. And it's, I think one of the things too that has always impressed me about you is that you you create spaces to really be able to feel and process the pain and the difficulty and give others the opportunity to do that. But there's always the opportunity to, you know, remember the silver lining, remember that there is still opportunity for magic. And that is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it can be hard to do. Um, we have three grandkids now and, uh, we were on a family trip about a year and a half ago, and uh, our oldest grandchild, who was six at the time, looked at me, kind of just out of the blue, looked at me and said, Grandma Susie, magic is real. I have no idea where it came from. I really don't. But, you know, he's a kid, and I, I just took a half a beat, and I looked him square in the eyes, and I said, yes, magic is real. And so staying open to what's possible, what's possible is so important. Um, it's easy to shut down when things are hard. Um, there's this terrific uh, quote that's attributed to Albert Einstein. You're probably familiar with it, um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, and share it again because it's always been a source of, of inspiration to me. Uh, He says there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. So for me, part of how I navigate all of these big problems in the world that can feel overwhelming is to remember the magic and the miracles and look for opportunities to create them, be open to seeing them. And I also think about, I mean, courage is involved in this, right? The the courage to, the courage to believe as well, yeah. and to to see that there's something, there's a gift beyond what is the mayhem. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, you asked uh, what my definition of courage is, and so uh, that was one that I I really gave some thought to over yeah. the course of a couple of weeks because. There are a fair number of definitions of courage out there, of course, uh, including Brene Brown's definition of courage, and I'm a student and facilitator of her work. So I, I really wanted to dig in and contemplate, well, what does it mean for me? And what I landed on is that courage is doing what's important, even when it's hard. Yeah. I love that definition because it's, there's no, what, what is important, right? And how do we define important? And it's not, it's not one shade. And I think that everybody tends to box these acts into courage being really bold and almost limiting it to, to something that it's, cause there's so much more that goes with it. So, and 
important is really in the eye of the beholder, if it would be. Right, right. So mm, some self-awareness, self-insight, what are our top values or principles? What do we stand for? That's one thing that helps us know what what matters. Um, and certainly part of how I evaluate <laughs> myself, <laughs> you know, am I walking the proverbial talk? Am I actually in alignment and having integrity with putting into action the things that I believe in, that I yeah. hold dear? Well, and I know, obviously, so core to Brene Brown's work is courage and vulnerability, and they are so immediately intertwined. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that's also core in in how you live right. your life. Right. Yeah. Well, Brene defines vulnerability as the emotion that we feel when we're experiencing risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. And, uh, you know, it's funny, when I when I first met Brene, in the fall of 2012, and I heard this concept of vulnerability. Let's just say it did not come automatically to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to be a banker and I'm the oldest of five kids. And my mom used to say, Susie, you were born serious. And so this idea of being vulnerable was like, what is this? And of course, you know, once you get into it once you study it then it it really does make sense um that we all humans have their frailties <laughs> and that we've got to accept that and be compassionate and kind with ourselves while we're you know also doing the same with others and trying to stay open uh, to the unknown. And these last several years have been a time of tremendous unknown for the planet. Yeah, it's not even seeking it out. It's like it's right. being delivered every day. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, yes. Um, I think I'm not supposed to use a, a curse word, but um, I'll say it anyway, and you can bleep me if you choose to. Uh, I was talking with, someone a couple years ago about just what's going on with the pandemic and racial injustice and climate crisis and war and political blah 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 the list is like too long to name everything and and i looked at that person and i said basically we are in a massive global vulnerability show so it's big it's out there and it also impacts every single one of us yeah. Well, and I also love that you recognize that it's not just about us, it's about everybody around us. So we're, we're all in that yes, state. We are we are in it together. Right. And so, you know, a number of authors and researchers and thought leaders have talked about what we've been experiencing in recent years as collective trauma. Um, David Rock talked about people kind of coming back post the worst of COVID, coming back to the workplace. David Rock, who's a neuroscientist, talked about um, people in the workforce being the working wounded. Yeah. Um, so there's absolutely recognition that it's it's a collective experience that we're facing that shows up also in our own daily lives. Yeah. Well, and it's, I just think back so much to 
to, to every day having something new delivered as well. And not even, and, and the whole idea of needing adaptability before this, and then it just reinforces it reinforces it all the way. So um, we do need to cut to a break. I'd love to come back and talk more about that collective trauma and sort of that experience and how we can potentially tap into our agility and our vulnerability uh -huh. and courage ourselves and for others. Great. So we're going to cut to a break. This is Suzanne with The Courage Effect. Stay tuned. Courage takes on many forms. I believe that one of the most courageous things that we can do is recognize when we need help and seek out support. Is something interfering with your happiness or keeping you from achieving your goals? If you're going through a hard time, possibly struggling with depression or anxiety, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and accessible. It's an online platform where you can be matched with a professional therapist in as little as a few days just by filling out a few questions. I know from personal experience that finding a therapist and the right fit can be really difficult. With BetterHelp, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. For more information and to sign up to get matched with a therapist, go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, dot com slash courage. Visiting this link both supports the show and gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne, and my guest today is Susan Mann. So, Susan, we were talking about the sort of collective trauma that we've all been experiencing over the past few years, which I think is, you know, I don't think, I know, is overwhelming. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about that? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it certainly shows up when I think about my work as an executive and leadership coach. And I bet that you hear it in your coaching conversations. I also hear it in uh, workshops and leadership trainings that I facilitate. So, so it's in the sort of air, you know, people are talking about it regularly and it does have an impact on us for sure. I, a couple of three weeks ago, I had a coaching call with an executive that I'm kind of midway through an engagement with and when we got on to Zoom, she looked really sort of off, you know, I mean, just like sort of flat, you know, meaning no emotion, like she was sort of like trying to keep it together. And I said, hey, what's up? And she referenced wars that are happening in various parts of the world and said, you know, with some tears, Susan, I don't know how to contain it anymore. Mm. And so, you know, when I talk with coaching colleagues, that sort of a conversation um, is happening all over the world <laughs> where yeah. people are trying to figure out how can I be effective at work and also take care of myself as a human being. So, I shared this quote that I love from Einstein that to me is about like, I want to hold that mindset of seeing things as a miracle or finding the magic. And there's another really powerful quote from James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. um, really love his work. And so this this quote for me is about the idea of taking action which is so important for us and so clear says 
You are not the cause of everything that happens to you, but you are responsible for how you respond to what happens to you. So I've always been a big fan of the idea of agency. And, you know, what does it look like to show up and stay engaged and live our lives well and do our work well in the midst of the mayhem and the turbulence, you know, it, it means having some techniques and practices that help us stay grounded, that help us find the miracles and the magic. Yeah. And that's really helpful too, because I always think of it as, you know, what can you control? Mm-hmm. You, can, you, yeah. you can you can control how you respond to it, you know, yeah. very similar to that. But I'd, I'd love for you, I'd, l- I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that, maybe some of those practices, because that can be hard for us to, I mean, I find it freeing to do that realization of, okay, I can't control that, but this is, this is what I can yeah. do. So can right. you give us some guidance on right. what we can do? Yeah, sure. And I'll, let me offer a personal example and uh, then kind of and, and some things that I found useful, and then we can we can speak in in general uh, terms as well. So, about five years ago, right now, my mom passed away, and we'd been really close. That same year that she passed away, my sister, in her fifties, was diagnosed with a really aggressive brain cancer. Mm-hmm. So there was a stretch of several years there where. Um, There was just, there was a lot of very serious illness and big time loss. I I lost a favorite aunt, my favorite uncle. And this was all like going on in the pandemic Um, and all all the other kinds of problems we, we named earlier. And so my sister, a super brave, amazing woman, uh, passed away just over a year ago and I was absolutely shattered. Uh, the by far the most significant loss I've ever experienced in my decades of life, and I I really had to kind of let that grief come, and also find ways to help myself uh, cope. So, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm a big walker and I love to walk in the morning. And so what, what happened, I didn't really plan it. It just sort of developed this way was that my morning walks for some time turned into what I call my weeping walks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was working, I had things going on right in life and career and, uh, having that time by myself outdoors in the morning where I could think about my sister, feel the feelings, let myself cry. Having that doesn't mean I didn't cry at other times for sure, but having that kind of dedicated space was really valuable for me, especially in those first couple of months after she passed away. Um, Another thing that really helped was um, my husband and my sister were very close friends too. So my husband's been super supportive. And one of the things that my sister asked us to do before she passed away 
was to light a candle for her every day. Mm-hmm. And so every day at dinner time, we light a candle. And even if it's just 15 seconds, it's we remember her, right? And something good about her, even if it's unsaid. Um, we're both thinking of her every single day at that at that moment. Um, so having someone, in this case, my husband, who I love, who I trust, who also cared for her, who's supporting me, has been huge. Um, the last thing I'll mention is that, you know, about four or five months after her passing, I still felt this this profound sense of loss and was contemplating, you know, what's the next stage of how to help myself move ahead, move forward, carry on. And uh, my sister and I traveled a lot together. I figured out we took over 30 trips together over the years. And there was a particular place that we went in the Southwest many times that we really liked a lot. And um, so I decided that for the six month anniversary of her death, I would go there by myself and kind of relive those memories. It's a place where we laughed a lot and had a wonderful time. And I spent a week there on my own and it was such a powerful experience. And I, when I was came back, I was talking to my husband about it. And he's so eloquent with words. He's a writer. And uh, he said, well, what I'm hearing you say is that before you went, you felt her absence. And now you feel her presence. And... I just really hang on to that. So it's true. You know, now I can feel her presence and I miss her a ton. Um, but it really helps me to be able to feel that she's still with me. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, You're welcome. It's It makes me think so much, too, about you giving yourself grace, you giving yourself the space to process and... Um, and figuring out what you needed in that moment, because we don't, we don't really know. And it evolves over time as well. Totally. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Right. Um, You know, and absolutely, I mean, there's so much courage in what I just shared with you, meaning if you look at, you know, my sister and how she faced terminal illness, Uh, my dad said, my dad's night just turned 98. My dad said, Susie, Nancy went out in a blaze of glory. Well, she, for the first time ever, went to Europe with her teenage son uh, only about three months before she passed away. And they mm-hmm. were there for almost three weeks traveling around and had a fabulous time. So, um, you know, that was a really brave move. Um there's just a lot, you know, that I could say about her own courage and the courage of others in moving on. Uh, and we all suffer losses. So how we help ourselves do that is so important. Yeah. And, and as you said too, and, and fighting cancer is such a, it is such a battle. I mean, and, and not just for you when you're going through it, the courage of yourself, but your family, everybody that's supporting you. 
um, there's there's a lot there. And how wonderful to be able to honor her in a new and different way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we talked about navigating the mayhem, <laughs> the turbulent world, and also finding beauty and seeing the magic. And uh, there's a lot of research out there that tells us how do we do that? What are some ways that we can do that? So I wonder, uh, would it be okay if I if I offered a few of those off my uh, my my uh, like top five list? I won't name all five necessarily, but perhaps I could share a few. Go for it. We don't have much time left, but this is vital, so Great. please share. Okay, good. So, um, you know, the idea of connection with others and uh, people who support you. I I gave that example with with my husband. Um, Practicing gratitude, there's so much evidence around that. That's a biggie. And even when it feels hard to do, it's super important to do. Uh, getting outdoors in the natural world, it feels like we should know that intuitively, and yet there's you know more and more evidence about how important it is to just get outside and, and move our bodies. Um, one of the other things is making sure that we're giving ourselves time and space to unplug. I mean, I did that with that retreat that I took last spring. I did it when I took those daily walks, yeah. uh, making time to clear the decks and unplug from social and email and quiet things down. Super important for us. Thank you for that. Simple steps, but they can be really hard in those moments. So it really yes. is about being intentional is what I'm hearing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And listen to your kids and grandkids. Yes, magic is real. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that it also came out of nowhere. So yes. And, <laughs> and let's let's wrap on that note. Magic is real is going to be our capture of this conversation. Susan, right. thank you for being here. My pleasure. Great to see you. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for listening, everybody. Take care. Stay courageous. Thanks.